You can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious! So uh, we've got uh, the doc, Doc Fordham, MD, uh, going to ring in. So we'll just uh, wait uh, for him to ring in, and we'll get a dud update. Which is Don Don's update from the doc. Uh, uh, he was uh, on a mission. He had Don, former member of the uh, You Cannot Be Serious panel here, he was on special mission to uh, undercover story he'd sent him on. I don't know where he is. We haven't heard from Don, as I said. Haven't heard from Don since he departed here, took his little kit bag and he went into the truck and disappeared. We haven't heard from him since. All I haven't ever now. You, I think you've spoken to him. Uh, but he was going to A to think about his options and uh, think about his future. He might and have he's gone still up thinking. north. Hmm? He might have gone up north with all the horses. <laughs> he, he might have. He, he might have done that. Um, now, I know I've mentioned this before. You talk about waste... Uh, no, we're not in uh, Lebanon. That was not a bomb going off. That was uh, someone dropping something above us. Um, you, you might think I've, um, I get on a one-track mind about things. Uh, the government overrun on spending and money and here in this state. Could you tell me again, if someone is listening to this who is part of the um, uh, road authority, could you tell me why we spent, we, the taxpayers, spent millions of dollars installing speed lights in the Burnley Tunnel. You know, when you drive there, uh, the lights go along, they green, they follow your car, and if it's traffic is heavy, the lights get well ahead of you, and if um, there's no traffic, uh, you can keep up with the lights. What is the point of spending all that money because you can't keep up with the lights, if you know what I'm talking about, the speed lights that travel alongside the freeway? The tunnel, you cannot keep up with them if the traffic is heavy. What is the point of it? If the traffic's not heavy, you've got a speedometer on your car so you can see if you're doing 80k. And if the traffic is heavy, it's sometimes at a standstill and the lights go past you and you think, why are they there? Who has installed them and why? And how much money did it cost? And if someone can tell me, no, I'm on the wrong track here, those lights are there for a different reason, I'd love to know why. But but I know it cost millions of dollars to install them. I thought it was like a chaser, so it, I was always going up to it fast and trying to beat the green light, not go along with the green light. And so No, if you, if you try and beat the green light, it means you're doing more than 80, and that's the well, speed limit. They told they're, me that? They, hmm? they didn't tell me that. Well, why would they put them in there if they uh, if, you, if they... If the speed limit's 80, why would they set the lights just at 90 fancy, or 100? Fancy, fancy lights. No, no but it's, it's, it's extraordinary because I defy anyone at any time of the day, unless it's midnight or in the morning, uh, early in the morning, to be able to drive at 80 through the tunnel. You just can't do it. The traffic is horrendous and the lights mean absolutely nothing. So they don't go away if it's slow. I, th- I thought they did slow down, didn't they? Well, what's the point of that? What, what is the point of if you can't keep up the lights no matter how slowly you're going or how quickly you're going, what is the point of them? You just look at the traffic ahead of you and you drive accordingly. It's, it's nonsensical. Speaking of nonsensical, I know the Premier, not the Premier, the, the, the Lord Mayor is on a junket overseas about climate change, Sally Cap. What in God's name has she gone to? Did she go to Japan or somewhere? Where's the there's a conference on climate change? What would the mayor be doing about climate change? Seriously, um, uh, if the mayor stayed in Melbourne and worked out how to stop the 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 pigs vomit, the pigs vomit who are graffitiists, who are taggers, who are about to deface the speed battens and the sound battens, rather the sound panels on the uh, Westgate Freeway extension, the tunnel. They It looks fantastic there, but they're gradually being uh, degraded by, as I say, really, really antisocial people who are nothing more than cockroaches. 
and where are their parents and why doesn't the government actually crack down on defacing our great state uh, on the speed barriers and the sound barriers that are being erected look fantastic. There's a bit of art involved in them and they're gradually being degraded by the pig's vomit who are known as graffitiists. Why doesn't the state government do something about it? Instead of worrying about going overseas about the climate change, get some people to police, police, flying squads, SAS people, cameras, uh, big big hoses that spray uh, vegetable dye onto the um, graffitiists in the middle of the morning. Uh, you must notice them. They must have cameras. Go out there and lumber them. Uh, hit it on the head. So what is the Lord Mayor going to do with climate change to make our city better? I mean, isn't that really the state government's job? What what would what what would she be? What put solar panels on the? Uh, solar solar panels on there. What, what it is extraordinary. Uh, it is just that is just a that is a snout in the trough nonsense. That and it's it's a uh, junket. It is a junket. So we're waiting for the doctoring in, and um, might I just mention also that. Um, now, here's the thing about talk about the government, how incompetent the government are. Did you know that the people who live above the tunnel, who have had their um, uh, houses where the tunnel bores under them and they've been compensated, listen to this, you won't believe this, they've been compensated, uh, many households have been compensated to the tune of $1.8 billion because... The title of the land that the government have acquired, the title of the land that you own goes through, your title goes through to the centre of the earth. <laughs> the centre, so they've compensated you really? not for the, uh, it says, the land titles um, uh, extension are extended to the centre of the earth. So if you have a little plot of land in, um, I don't know where the tunnel goes through, Footscray or, school, uh, or, or uh, Somerville or Yarraville, yeah. you've got a little apartment there, a little, little house that your land entitlement goes through to the centre of the earth. What, what you'd be building down in the centre of the earth, I have no idea, and there's some loophole that says they have to compensate you because your title extends to the centre of the earth and it's cost us again <laughs> $1.8 billion. Uh, you, you can't make this stuff up. This is, this is the, the incompetence of people who think up these schemes and don't do their due diligence about... How, how could you say your title goes through to the centre of the earth? It's extraordinary. Uh, so that's cost us another $1.8 billion. That... And then there's a man. Uh, we might ask the doc about this if he comes on the line. There's a man called Greg Andrew. He's on a hunger strike up in Canberra, I think. He's, he, he is on a hunger strike until the government do something about global warming. My question is, could anyone care less if Greg Andrew starves himself to death? Could anyone care less? He's sitting there with his dog. I bet he feeds his dog. He's sitting there with his dog and he's on a hunger strike trying to um, blackmail the government into doing something about global warming. And um, so... Uh, it's something that you just can't change overnight, can no, you? I mean, so, it's going to obviously a period so, of time. So. so Greg's not eating. Apparently, apparently, I'm not sure if he goes home at night and has something to eat, but he sits there all day not eating. Just just supposing he didn't eat. I don't know how long he can last by not eating. Maybe a month, could you? Or drinking water or three day, or three weeks, could you? If you didn't eat food, how long could you last? I think that would be... Depending on your body weight, because obviously... Yeah, well... Fact that, right. And so if he, someone drove past Greg one day and he was just sitting there rigid because he died, besides, I know you'll think this is extravagant, but I'm just saying theoretically, could anyone care less? I, 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 we would care if Greg died and his family would, and we don't want to see him dead. But what's the, what's the logical extension of that is that people go, and go on a hunger strike and change government policy? I mean, seriously. But I think if you stand up for something that you believe in, you, you obviously got to make it known, don't you? I mean, even like Ian Cook. I mean, he believes in something, so he feels he's been um, dicked over. So dicked over. Yep. Mm, so he, that's a legal term. Yep. 
so he's uh, so he's fighting his cause. And if you believe you're right, then uh, if you want to change, if you want to make a change, you've got to speak up. Very, very good point, Sue. All right, let's just uh, see if we can logically uh, dissect that. So Ian Cook was put out of business by corruption. Um, Greg Andrew is his name. Did I say his name was? What mm-hmm. did I say his name was? Greg Andrew uh, hasn't been put out of business. He thinks his world is about to come to an end because of cl- global warming and he wants the government to do something about it. Yeah. Um, and he's not happy with the government, uh, so maybe he could use his vote to change governments or if he doesn't think any government's doing anything about it... Um, uh, and he's, he's just making a point. He's making a he's point. Made, he's making he such a in. good point that he won't be around to see the uh, government put into practice anything to do with global warming because he's going to starve himself to death. We'll see how far he goes. Now oh, here comes oh, the oh. doc. Now where are our headphones? Oh, come on. Mine are here. Well, come on. Know. Where are they? Go on, get him. Hello, Don. Where are we? Hello, Don. Doc. No, Don. No, uh, Doc. Uh, Don. No, Doc. Uh, <laughs> uh, we've got a. I. I did preempt this. I said you're coming in with a dud, a dud update, a a a Don update from the Doc, a Don, a dud. Yes. So what is yes. the What is the dud? Well, the the update on that, matey. I'll tell you what. He never, never stops working, and I've obviously had this undercover assignment for him. Um, look, I, I haven't had any news from him in a little while, which which makes me a little bit concerned that he may not have gathered the evidence that I needed. Uh, I don't know whether you've been uh, following the story of Daniel Andrews being barred from the Portsea Golf Club. Are you across all of that? Oh my word! Yeah, well that that that's one of the stories I had him working on. So he's obviously uh, been working behind the scenes on that and a few other things. I'm going to share my view on on Daniel Andrews, which I think will go against what you think, Sam, and what a lot of listeners will think on the on the golf club ban. But look, I don't have any significant news at this stage uh, on Don Scott and his whereabouts, but I can only hope that we're going to get some developments on that by the end of 2023. Can I just say to you, Sam, yes. and how are you, by the way? And, are you uh, good? We've got Sue. Is, uh, Sue is the oh, uh, second, second Hi, wheel here. Ivan is over. Uh, sailing down the Nile as we speak with rockets from Jordan going over the top yep. of him. You think I'm making that up. He sent a picture of a rocket trail going over the top of the Nile as, as he sent a photo to us. And do you know who advised him to go? <laughs> you. Me. <laughs> well, he's he's having a fantastic time, but it's in the middle yeah. of the war zone. <laughs> yeah, but he, he contacted me a month or so ago and said, oh, I think I'm going to have to cancel this trip because I'm due to be going to... Jordan and I'm going to these other parts of the world and with what's happening at the moment with Israel and Palestine and I just said mate Jordan's a world away just just go to Jordan one of the friendliest places in the world and when I was there in 2002 it was still pretty it was tense in the Middle East not as tense as it is right now for obvious reasons Uh, but I said mate trust me go to Jordan they'll treat you like royalty they love the fact that they've got people coming from Australia to come and visit or I think he's, you know, he's doing the Nile and he's doing a few other things as well. I, I don't know. I, I know you think he's crazy for no, doing I don't, it. No, I've been there. He's been into the middle of the pyramid. He's going to the Valley of the Kings. Uh, I'm, so I agree with you. I, I'm glad he's gone. Now, you, are, I don't think I will disagree with you. I don't know what you're going to say about Dan Andrews. Okay. I don't know what All you're right, going well, to say, but I reckon we'll I be think. on the same page. All right. Well, this is what I think. And when I said this on my radio show this morning, boy... Oh. Did I cop it from, from listeners in Sydney, but also in Melbourne who, who listen in via the, the app, the 2GB app. So I Michael said this morning, Christian Menswear listens to you on the app. Because there you go. He, well, he heard you um, speaking about I Cook Foods. So go on. Yeah, I'll get on to that in a moment. But I, 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 I made the observation this morning that I think it's small-minded and petty to go banning someone from joining a golf club when they want to become a member based on what they did in their job, whether they're a politician or a football star or a movie star or anything else. I I just think that out of all of the things in life, I mean, there are people I've had extraordinary bust-ups with in public life as far as, you know, having a confrontational interview with them on radio and, you know, screaming and shouting and telling each other to F off and everything else. But if I then bump into them somewhere, if I was out and about and I bump into them, I see them across the room, 
I've had that thing happen to me before where we've caught each other's eye and they kind of look away and I always walk straight over and say, G'day, how are you? Are you still angry with me or uh, do you hate me? Do I hate you? Where's our, where's our feud up to? I, I just don't have the attention span to carry around that kind of hate. And I just think with someone like Daniel Andrews, he wants to go and hit a golf ball probably by himself because he doesn't have too many mates around a golf course. And I don't know, I, I just find cancel culture um, so abrasive when, when it comes to the way that we go out of our way to try and stop people from doing things that are harmless. And I know that this has happened to you as well, Sam. I know that yes. golf clubs before, the members have gone, oh, we don't want Sam Newman to be part of our club because he's too conservative or he's too controversial. Well, I'll stick up the Dan Andrews on this one just as much as I'd stick up the Sam Newman. I just think it's it's small-minded. And if this is the best way you can throw your weight around, I think you're a lightweight. Uh, Doc, I'm telling you, mate, I couldn't agree with you more. I have no... Uh, I have... Could, Dan Andrews, I... Uh, I know plenty of Ricky Ponting, Shane Warne, Grant Thomas. I know plenty of people who have been banned from joining golf clubs for a whole lot of different reasons. The Ricky media, Ponting, uh, Ricky Ponting. I think I think Ricky Ponting. I, I hope I don't spill, speak ill of him. I think he tried to join a club. Um, and I think he was banned in the first place. Maybe he's uh, been accepted now, but I know Shane spoke about Ricky and him and Grant Thomas, uh, the ex-coach of St Kilda and um, uh, uh, very successful. Mo a lot of people in the media and a lot of people, sports people have been, I have been, I've been banned from two clubs uh, that I was... Uh, I was uh, I was uh, recommended by very eminent people in this community, and I accept all that. But I agree with you. If uh, you're going to stop um, people, uh, Dan Andrews has every right to be a member of any club that accepts him. Why they won't accept him? Because they don't like his politics. That's one thing. Would I play with Dan Andrews? I don't know. If he asked me for a game, I probably would. It doesn't mean you have to agree with him or like him or whatever. But that's the spirit of a golf club. Uh, everyone joins and uh, you play, and um, that's a spirit of revelry and merriment when you play and you put all that stuff aside. Yeah, well, Sue, I'm keen to get your thoughts on this because no one's asking anyone to to hold his clubs or carry his clubs or hold his hand. I mean, I, I don't know. I just, I just think, you know, the likes of Shane Warne, I mean, that's a classic example where you'd have snobby golf club members that say, oh, we don't want Warney as part of our club. But, but once you go down that path, you've got to accept that if it's going to happen to an enemy of yours, one day it's going to happen to a friend of yours, right, Sue? I think you've got to be that bigger person and obviously whatever happens in the past, you just move on. Whether you like the person or not, that doesn't really matter. You can forgive but you can't forget. So um, just move on. I agree he should be able to play. Anyone should be able to play. It doesn't matter what you do or who you are. And as you said, you don't have to agree with them at all. So Yeah, yeah I think there's a, there, there's a great, just on clubs, there's a great quote from Groucho Marx, I refuse to join any club that would have me as a member, um, <laughs> nice. I, which I've always liked. I mean, I don't know. The whole club thing I just find a little bit jarring and it's a little bit, you know, I, I don't like the idea of people being turned away from anywhere. I mean, it doesn't matter who they are, uh, the colour of their skin, uh, who they want to sleep with, what political party they're from. And, yes, Dan Andrews made some shocking decisions as the Victorian Premier, but let's be realistic here. I mean, like all of the Premiers, they were making it up on the run they had no idea what they were doing. They'd never seen anything like it before. Uh, so they were jumping at sixes and sevens and trying to do their best. And in a lot of cases, like Dan Andrews, they stuffed it up deluxe. Uh, but yeah, I think it it's all a bit over the top. <laughs> Mind you, Doc, um, um, they, it's, and if he's, people say he's broken the law and he's been um, broken the law. Um, and uh, I'm not sure if that disqualifies you just uh, ethically because... I cook foods. They broke. They they broke the law with I cook foods, putting them out of business. We've had Ian Cook on just earlier on before you came on the line, and um, he's standing for um, Dan Andrews' old seat. Uh, uh, Greater Dandenong, the Greater Dandenong, and he was put out of business because that state government broke the law. Well, what about that case? And I, I, I spoke about it on radio yesterday. I know, and I Michael you a, Christian Menswear listens he heard to it. you and he, t yep. he told me that you had. And I gave you a rap you. as well because I, 
I said that, you know, that um, Ian Cook has been fighting this along with his son Ben and other members of the family for a long time and they would have felt like no one was really listening but there were a few people, yourself included, and Don, who spent a lot of time yes. on the podcast giving them support and, and making sure that the issue didn't drop off the radar. And when you consider what happened, you know, someone going into the business, planting a slug, because let's face it, we all know that's what happened. When that's you look what at that, happened. When you look at that A Current Affair footage, uh, the A Current Affair story from a few years ago on this, which is still up on YouTube, if you search I Cook Foods A Current Affair, it pops up straight away. And, mate, it was just absolutely disgraceful where the, the health official, every other time they visited, they wore a body camera, but on this occasion they didn't. She squats in the corner for 17 seconds, and then all of a sudden there's a slug that turns up out of nowhere. There's no trail behind the slug. Um, there was a photoshopped image as well because there was a little piece of tissue on the floor, and one of the iCook staff members had seen the health inspector with tissues hanging out of a pocket and thought, that's a bit strange. Oh, Jesus. What did you do? I oh, fucking cut him off. You, <laughs> you fucking idiot. Christ. Oh, good on you. How to get, get him back. Come on, get him back. Where, well, where you've got the go? phone. Jesus Christ. Hello? <laughs> I can't. Hello? Hey, hey, oh, hey, hey, I'm back. I cut you off, mate. I'm sorry. That's I'm, okay. God, That's I'm okay. Mad. To wrap it up, I just no, wanted I to say, mate, well done. Up. I don't want you to no, wrap No, no, no. Just to, to wrap up, I cook food. Oh, so I just wanted to say, shit. well done for your continued support of them because that was a classic case where we're all taught to have faith in the people who are in charge of us and this was a case where the Victorian government, the health department and the local council completely screwed over an innocent business and now he doesn't even get compensation. Uh, that's the point. That, that, that how could they find that that would that the health minister Brett Sutton was reckless? That that's dishonest. It means same word. Doesn't matter how, how you phrase it. Uh, how couldn't you be uh, get reparation for putting your company out of business? Is beyond me. And I hope he appeals. Spot on. Now, what's gossip in podcast land is. Phoebe returned, or is she still running scared? What's she doing? Well, we think she's running scared, unless she can glean a story from us here. Now, Ricky Nixon, uh, we've uh, we've dissociated ourselves from Ricky Nixon due to a uh, uh, just just to a contractual uh, dispute with him. Uh, but I see he's uh, in court up on ten charges about uh, selling footballs with fake signatures on them. Uh, this has been ongoing, and um, normally, as I said, we'd have Ricky in to give his side of the story, but. We've we've decided to uh, dissociate ourselves uh, from him. Sue still speaks to him. Nothing. Well, uh, <laughs> ben, what are your thoughts? Doctor, I mean, it's doctor. Doctor, sorry, sorry. Yeah, I sorry, think I, I think that um, Ricky should come in on the podcast, and I think him and Sam should <laughs> should reenact the the scuffle from outside the cricket club. I, I think that that would be fantastic listening. I'd love to hear that. <laughs> He did apologise, so he has apologised, and oh. so the the, pink, the thing is, is that Sam should be the bigger man because so one day they're going to be walking down the streets in Port Melbourne, and they're going to see eye to eye. How should he react? How should Sam react? Sam should say, "Ricky, I'm about to headbutt you. This is your warning." <laughs> no violence. Last time outside the cricket club, I pretended. No, in fact, it was him leaning his head in towards you, allegedly. Look, I just think life's too short for these things. Absolutely. I mean, R Ricky, Ricky uh, is completely mad, and I don't know Ricky well, but I just know that having listened to him, he's completely mad. But I think Sam isn't too far away from being in the same category. So <laughs> I, I, I think they're electric personalities. They've got interesting views. And, and when you have those kind of characters on the podcast, because our society has become so bland and sanitised, that's why people listen to this podcast. That's why people in, enjoy listening to the likes of Sam and Ricky and Warwick and Don and all of the other Warwick. cast of colourful characters that come along. Warwick's bought I think a brothel. He He's bought a what? A brothel. He's Holy smoke. Kappa has bought, bought a brothel. Is that true, sir? But he, Absolutely. Yep. In Oakley. Yep. In, in but he, he, never liked, he never likes getting his wallet out. I mean, we discovered that, didn't we, during the joint birthday party that he was supposed to have with Ricky. Well, oh, we don't worry about so. getting his wallet out. He likes to get a couple, He likes to get something else out, and then probably that's why he's bought the brothel. 
Okay, what's the no. name of the brothel? Not that I'm uh, going there, I'm just interested for research purposes. The whiz goes bang. I don't know what it is, but uh, <laughs> he has bought a brothel. That is an absolute fact, and uh, um, uh, you couldn't believe it. Now, now you, Doc, just uh, just you, you've got on to the fact that you, I know this because I read your stuff, you've got on to mm. the fact that you think the COVID vaccine AstraZeneca is in trouble with a multi-million dollar legal battle uh, over its hanging over its head. Yeah, well, there's a, a big court case that's about to unfold overseas on that with um, people saying that the AstraZeneca vaccine was defective. And do you remember the time when nobody was allowed to say anything even remotely critical of the vaccines? And that's another one, Sam, where to your credit, you put your nose out in front right from the start and copped a few blows from people along the way. And now I I read today that we're now facing our ninth COVID wave. So we're in the middle of the eighth. Now, I must have missed three, four, five, six, seven and eight because now they're warning about the ninth wave coming. I mean, look, I can understand that if if you're elderly, if you've got health conditions and you want to get vaccinated, you go and get your booster. Uh, but the, the, I'm never, ever, ever going to wear a mask ever again. No. There's no way in the world. And I was pretty, you know, liberal with the way I interpreted the rules during the lockdowns here in Sydney. Uh, when they had the rule that you've got to wear a mask outdoors, I went, well, I'm just not doing that. There's no I... way in the world I'm going to be doing that. So I spent half of my life on my bicycle because when you're on the bike, that was exercise. So if I was going to a mate's place up the street or going up to the local cafe, I was always on the bike and then I'd sit down and I'd start eating and sipping and whatever because I just objected to some narc telling me that I had to wear a mask outdoors in the fresh air. I mean, one of the big things we got wrong during COVID was locking people up inside where these things spread instead of encouraging people to go outdoors and get some bloody fresh air. Our government led the world. This state government here under Dan Andrews led the world in that. We were the laughing stock of the world. And I sent you a text about Dr Robbie Peterson, who was ahead of this. Uh, I, you probably haven't acted on it because you can't act on every bit of uh, mm. uh, suggestion you get. But he was on our podcast. He was absolutely ahead of the curve on this and he spoke on... We interviewed him a couple of weeks ago here about the corruption going on with Big Pharma and all this stuff. Um, so you might like to revisit Robbie Peterson. He is a fantastic chat. Yeah, I'll check out Robbie. The, the issue these days is when you mention COVID... People turn off, and that's yes, that's, fair enough. that's the problem that I've got. In that, you know, once upon it's a bit like the voice. For a year, my listeners couldn't get enough of the voice, and then once it was over and once it was defeated, if you bring up the voice again, everyone says, "Mate, can you stop talking about that thing?" Because it takes them back to a time that they'd rather forget. But now, um, now finally, yeah. finally for you, Doc. Unless you've, uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I can't think of the word when you uh, speak badly about another country. What's that called? Dis. Uh, um, uh, not not racism. It's called you know when you discrimination. Knock, no, or? no. There's a dis. Uh, oh, gee, I can't think of the word. Alzheimer's yeah. has kicked no, in. No, it's it's got a Z and a Y and a, a, a xenophobia. Xenophobia is, is xenophobia. That's it. Xenophobia is that when you uh, speak ill of a country. Well, not necessarily a country. A xenophobia. Well, the, the the reason the word became well known in Australia was because. When Pauline Hanson first burst onto the scenes back in the late 1990s, uh, she sat down for an interview on 60 Minutes, and it was the reporter Tracy Kuro who was doing the interview. And Tracy Kuro said to Pauline Hanson, are you xenophobic? And Pauline said, please explain. Yes, that's fair. (laughs) Yeah, xenophobia is basically taking an objection to someone based on their race. Right, well now, so I'm glad you've said that because you, I know you're not xenophobic at all, but the Chinese seem to be buying up all the real estate, all the very expensive real estate properties in the eastern seaboard of Australia and people wonder why that is allowed to happen because we couldn't go over to China and buy their expensive real estate. I know that you were chatting about that or you said real estate agents have sold $100 million worth of properties to Chinese investors. Yeah, well, these are real estate agents from Melbourne 
uh, in expensive suburbs like Turak, and they're saying that uh, they're coming by the busload. Every buyer at the moment is Chinese. There's one agent who says, I've done $135 million worth of deals in the past six months, all overseas investors. Most of them don't even live here, but they're snapping up our real estate in the middle of a housing shortage where kids these days, the idea of owning their own home is a bit of a pipe dream. You can't even find a rental. And, you know, you've got all of these other countries, including China, that say, no, if you're not a citizen, you're not going to buy real estate here, but we just roll out the red carpet and let them do it. And again, it's nothing against people from China. They're just playing within the rules. But it means that the average Aussie turning up at an auction is no hope of securing the property because they're up against someone who, who has all of this money and is able to buy copious amounts of real estate. And we don't even know whether they're using it. A lot of these homes remain empty. So it's right. really tough. I, I've, I've given up, Sam, on, on saying to younger people who I work with, hey, listen, you really need to start thinking about buying something. Because I used to say to people, when I'd secure them a pay rise, because I do a lot of negotiation on behalf of the people who work on my radio team, I go to the bosses and say, look, you know, what are we doing with this person's salary? What are we doing with that person? And if I got them a good pay rise, I would then pull them aside and tell them, and then I would say to them, now, listen, as part of the deal, I want you to invest in a, in a little unit somewhere, nothing fancy, just a a little unit somewhere in the next 12 months. Well, I've stopped saying that because it's it's unrealistic. And, and maybe, you know, when I was starting out, it was realistic that you could save your money. And I think the first place I ever bought, I'd saved $15,000 and I bought it for 139 grand. I've still got it, thankfully. And, um, you know, it was realistic. But, you know, uh, this is just another factor with foreign buyers. I think that they would be smart at the moment. Anthony Albanese would be, smart if he said, look, in the middle of this housing crisis that we've got at the moment, we're going to have a temporary pause for 12 months on foreign buyers snapping up Aussie real estate because we need to make sure that those homes and units are filled by Aussies. Yes, that's the classic oxymoron if Anthony Albanese was smart. Now, now, um, and now, Doc, uh, just finally, uh, uh, there's been a bit of a... How are we going? How's the uh, media landscape and uh, radio land going up there? Has someone... Uh, your predecessor or someone who follows you, have they uh, been cancelled up there in... Um... Yeah, no, we... Um, yeah, our afternoon show oh, is yes. um, is looking for a new host, Deborah Knight, who's fantastic, from Channel 9. She does all sorts of stuff on the Nine Network. She's moving out of the afternoon she's slot and going to be doing it. No, no, she hasn't been sacked. Oh, she's just been given a, a new show to host, which she's going to be oh, hosting, so it means... We do have a slot available, but we would need you to move to Sydney if you were going to host it, Sam. <laughs> well, I thought this was what Don might be on a special project. He would could wax. <laughs> How about Don doing an afternoon show up there? He could wax. Yeah, I know, but but I, I we'd have too many sets of headphones that'd be broken. We'd have too much <laughs> crunching of chips and biscuits in the microphones, and as you know. In the past, that has caused the odd problem or two. Oh, I know you're only being serious. That has absolutely caused a lot of problems and a lot of ructions. Now, Doc, it's now, can been... I can I read yes, you a joke? Please. Someone just sent me this. I bought the wife some walkie-talkies for our anniversary, but she wasn't impressed. Walkie-talkies are the least romantic anniversary gift ever. This relationship is over, she said. I replied, this relationship is what? Over? <laughs> Beautiful, Doc. Extraordinary. Oh, mate, if no one else is going to laugh at your jokes, you're going to laugh at your own, yeah, don't I'd, you? I'd run it past Jody if you're going to put that stuff to air. See now, if can she, we get... See why don't giggles. we try and get... Considering that Daniel Andrews has got all of this spare time that he wants to go hitting a golf ball around, let's get Dan Andrews on the podcast. Well... Uh, nothing would I I I've been through. We've have made three attempts to get Lydia uh, Thorpe on the podcast here, and we've been very nice man. Joe is his uh, is her media representative, and uh, no, she actually told us to get effed. Uh, but I said that wouldn't deter us, Joe. Uh, Lydia would be welcome to come. Mm. We would love to interview anyone, and Dan would be one of them. Well, there you go. There's an invitation for Dan Andrews. You're welcome on the You Cannot Be Serious podcast anytime. That's right, and we'll, 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 be, we'll be behind you if you want to join a golf club. We will say, well, why not? Now, am I right in saying that you two, Sue and Sam, have become inseparable? Are you right in saying that? Mm. 
In what way have we become inseparable? Let me repeat the question. Am I right in saying <laughs> you two have become inseparable? Yeah, no, well, we are, of course we are inseparable because uh, I'm domiciled at a different address to Sue and she's domiciled down the road and she comes in here to give me a hand with... Actually, we're on YouTube and podcast. We are, I have no idea about any of that show. She is the technical director of this uh, outfit. Ben, have you seen his YouTube channel? I haven't had a look at it yet. I've been hearing about the cameras that have been set up. I'm going to jump on today. Is it just under Sam Newman or you cannot be serious? Uh, original Smartest Sam on YouTube. Okay. All right. I'm going to jump on there and have a look. There's an absolutely um, amazing uh, interview which he did with Shane Warne. Uh, yes, I heard you saying that, ago. Sam, yep. last week that you that you dug it up and you'd spoken to Jackson and Yes. And and um, Shane's brother as well and, no, and or family members, Keith, his yes, old man and yep. And what, they've given you permission, so it's up there now, is it? Yes, it is, and it was done 25 years ago when he was just on the scene and uh, uh, some of the stuff we asked him and the answers he gave were fascinating in light of uh, where he ended up. How good is it recording things because you never know when you're going to drag it out one day and have a listen back to it. I'm so thankful that my grandfather, TK, uh, when he was still alive, I said to him one day, hey, let's do an interview, and I recorded this interview with him and... And I love grabbing it out and on his birthday and watching it back and him telling his old war stories and cracking jokes. And it's great to be able to... It's important that people create history, Sam and Sue, but I'll leave you with this thought as well. It's also important that someone records it. Well, and you recorded Shane Warne back in the day. Well, Doc, just to finally, you know that thing on the revolving door that you did when you came down here for dinner... And mm. I walked through the revolving door. That has had, now Sue's going to tell you this, that has had how many? 213,000 views. 213,000 <laughs> people have looked at that where you said, and I said, oh, you're, are you Ben Fordham? I've yeah, never yeah, met yeah, you yeah, before. Yeah. And then you just uh, throw, threw us under the bus and just left. <laughs> That's the last oh, well, time Don jump- was ever on camera. We'll put I'll that on jumping. YouTube. <laughs> Well, and listen, I'd like to say hello to Don because guess yes. who's listening to the podcast right now? My patient, Don Scott. So, Don, thanks yeah. for tuning in today and hopefully we can have him back on the podcast by the time 2023 wraps up. Ho- hopefully we can. And, Doc, thank you for coming on, uh, Doc. Love you both and look after each other. I know you are. Uh, yeah, idiot. Thank you, Doc. <laughs> right, bye-bye. 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 <laughs> He's off, he's off, he's off. Can you imagine Dan Andrews coming in here with you for an interview? Well, uh, we wouldn't ask him any other questions that he hasn't already been asked. No, we would. We'd ask him plenty of questions he he hasn't been asked. No, of course he wouldn't. Uh, But uh, as I say, I I would, if anyone asked for an interview with me, I I wouldn't care who they were. I'd be interviewed by them. Wouldn't matter. Uh, I don't know why you'd be scared of being, not scared, I don't know why you'd, Maybe he just doesn't want to. And that's, oh, well, plenty of people just don't want to. That's all right. Um, so there we are, Sue. So uh, that's the doc. Now, uh, we, we did mention, um, I meant to mention when he was talking about housing, about how your land title goes down to the centre of the earth. Oh. I meant to tell him that. He, he wouldn't believe that. We made that up. But $1.8 billion has been given in compensation of the people whose houses are over the top of the tunnel because their land title goes down to the centre of the earth. <laughs> it's extraordinary. That if, that is not, if that is not gobbledygook, if that is not bullshit. Uh, but uh, that would, someone would have gone through the fine print and said, yes, you have a title and your land go- doesn't go through past the centre of the earth because if it went through the centre of the earth, you'd be in China's uh, domain of uh, land titles. So only just to the middle. What is the circumference of the earth, uh, the diameter of the earth, incidentally? What is it, 18,000 miles? Pretty, pretty big. So you, you have 9,000 miles of uh, land title. Would that be the only diameter of the Earth? Uh, not the circumference. How is it from? How far is it from the South Pole to the North Pole through the middle of the Earth? Buggered if I know. I'm, you no, know, thank you, Sue. I, I'm saying it's eighteen thousand miles, but it might be. Uh, you're going to look that up, and uh, while I'm just about to wind this up here for this part, because we've got coming in next to speak uh, to um, Barry Michael now. 
Barry Michael is no, oh no, no, Barry Michael. We're going to speak. I tell you, we're going to speak to now. We're going to ring him up. In fact, I'm going to ring him up now on the phone. This is a man called um, Barry Stanfield for a reason. So I'm. I, this is very good timing. If I can find Barry's number, where is Barry Stanfield's number? Where is Barry Stanfield's number, please? I'm trying to get the earth. Right, I'm going to find Barry. Six thousand three hundred and seventy-eight kilometres, or thirty-three nine six three miles, to the centre of the Earth from the pole. Six thousand three hundred and fifty-seven, or nine thousand, uh, three thousand nine hundred and fifty miles. Well, I wasn't. There you go. I wasn't far out. I said it was eighteen thousand miles was the diameter of the Earth. So half of that's nine thousand. You're saying it's only six thousand. Oh well, I wasn't far 6, out. Six thousand three hundred. So you've got six thousand uh, miles of uh, uh, land title. Where's Barry Stanfield's number? Come on, I'm going to ring him up because while we got the phone on. Come really? on, Barry Stanfield. Seriously. Haven't you got it in your phone? Yeah, but I don't know how to access it. <laughs> Here he is. Here's his number. No, he's not. Where is it? Barry Stanfield. I've got his number. Now, do I ring him on this? Yes. Go on. Phone. Phone. And Hang then go on. to the double dots down there so you push it in. What? Oh, four. Don't say no, that. No, I won't say it. I won't say it. <laughs> Technology is not your friend. That's right. See, I'm doing it now. It's nearly there. You'd probably go to voicemail. No, I won't because I said I was going to ring him. Now, is this, come on, tell me if this is correct. Yep. Well done. It's amazing. I said they can't teach an old Hello. Barry? How it's, you going? It, it's Sam Newman from Melbourne, Australia, Barry. And yeah, um, thanks, I'm just uh, introducing who you are and why we're speaking to you. This is uh, where we're on air as we speak. Uh, this is not live, incidentally. Uh, we, we put this to air about an hour after we've spoken. But this is Barry Stanfield. And uh, the reason we're speaking to him is, I'll just tell you who Barry is. He played for Footscray in the <laughs> AFL uh, from 1990 to 1996. He played 98 games for Footscray. And then he went to Adelaide in 97 and played 13 games for... Uh, Adelaide, he played in six finals, and the re and the re and he's now as we speak. I think uh, we might ask him this, but this is not why we rang him. He's the coach of the Queensland Australian football uh, female, the AFLW, the Australian Football League women's side. Uh, I think he's the coach of that. Maybe he's not. He was in two thousand and twenty, and um, the reason we're speaking to Barry is because the Fish Creek. Football club of which he uh, played was was the coach of in two thousand and one in the Alberton Football League. It was vandalised, burnt to the ground. They lost all their memorabilia, and we thought they are trying to raise money for um, to build, rebuild the club and for anyone who has memorabilia to donate it or give it back to the club so that they can start again. And Barry is a household name at the uh, uh, Fish Creek Football Club, and we thought he'd. We'd get him on the line. He's domiciled in Queensland. That's a pretty hackneyed introduction, Barry, but thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, no worries at all, Sam. Thanks for having me on. Um, I'll just correct you on one thing. Yes. I, I did I did uh, coach the uh, the Wilson Grange uh, girls for a couple of years there uh, during, I think, 2021 uh, and, and 22, but uh, I've uh, not doing that anymore. I, I'm still involved in the football club at Grange, um, and I, I coach the uh, the under under 17 boys there. Good on you, mate. Um, I'm glad you cleared that up uh, for for us. Now, uh, you are in, intimately involved, and you're a household name at Fish Creek. Uh, Fish Creek has provided a number of AFL VFL players over the journey. I don't know if you can uh, tell us any of them, and what you know about what happened to the great Fish. Creek Football Club recently. Yeah, listen, it's um, as you uh, rightfully pointed out, Sam. I mean, Fish Creek has a, a rich history. Um, I, you know, they've uh, last year they uh, they won their thirty seventh uh, premiership in uh, senior football, um, which I think is a is a, a record certainly in uh, Victoria, and I think it could be Australia wide. Is that the Alberton Football League? Uh, they were in the Alberton Football League. They've um, now in the uh, in the, the uh, Mid Gippsland Football League. I see. Yep. Um, um, with the Albert League um, closing down there a few years ago now. Oh, I see. Um, Sorry. Yep. But um, yeah, the so the club has a rich history and um, certainly you know, dates back 
uh, over 120 years. And and uh, there, Friday a week ago, the um, the, uh, the club rooms were broken into and and uh, torched. They, uh, yeah, well, they, they they went through and stole what they could, and then apparently um, uh, lit the place on fire. So um, it has uh, burnt to the ground, and along with it is uh, you know over 120 years of history and uh, and memorabilia. You know, the uh, the history is obviously still there. You don't lose that, but um, you do lose all of that you know, great memorabilia that was uh, stored within the club rooms, and all of that has uh, has gone. And the club rooms have gone, and you know there's a um, a process now to uh, to get the club back on their feet. Is, and uh, is there a GoFundMe? Yeah, is, is there a, a yeah? There a, is. A, so yeah. yeah. So they've, they've created they've created the GoFundMe page, and um, um, you know it's up and running. And uh, anyone who wishes to donate can uh, can certainly jump online and uh, and contribute that way. Um, how would you find? Is it called the Fish Creek Go? For, how would you? Has it got a title? Yeah. Or, yeah. Um, listen, I, what you if you just put a search in and, and, and yep. search for Fish Creek Football Club Go Fund Me, it'll certainly it will come up. Um, and uh, yeah, there's there's an opportunity to uh, to give a donation through that uh, that means. Uh-huh. I mean, also if if others have got um, uh, anything else that they would uh, you know suggestions around um, how they could help or what they could uh, contribute. Um, purely, yeah, the club would be more than happy to have a chat with them. So if they just look up and, and contact uh, the Fish Creek Football Club, that would be um, that would be fantastic. Now, Barry, just off the top of your head, do you could who who has come from Fish Creek Football Club to play uh, in the various uh, sides in the AFL or VFL? I, yeah, should, well, they, I they, should know that, but I'm. I'm well, I, I think you. Uh, I think you would have played against um, a couple there, Sam. I. Um, Okay. Over, over time, I think there's been ten or a dozen that have uh, that have gone on and played BFL, AFL football. So Ian Dunstan was one. I think yep. you may have played against him. Yes. Um, uh, Ian Salmon was also from yes. uh, from Fish Creek. Um, uh, Gary Walpole uh, came from. He's another one that came from Fish Creek. Uh, John Ryan, I think, in the sixties. Yep. Uh, he uh, he played a few games at Richmond. He went on, went, came back to Fish Creek, and uh, I think uh, ended up coaching Fish Creek to five or six premierships. Uh, through the uh, the sixties, uh, Wayne Wiedemann uh, was a guy that yes. I uh, I played junior junior football with, and Weed went to uh, to Adelaide and had a good career there at uh, at Adelaide. Um, and currently, uh, uh, Sam Flanders is uh, he's from Fish Creek. Uh, he's playing at uh, at Gold Coast and and doing quite well. Well, uh, Barry, uh, that's um, if anyone needs uh, to be recommended uh, to try and uh, rebuild uh, the. Uh Fish Creek Football Club, you are its favourite son. I know that. I've spoken to a number of people and you are held in very high regard up there. What are you doing up in Queensland with yourself? Yeah, I moved to Queensland about 10 years ago. To um, I was in South Gippsland and the winters were getting a bit cold. So yeah, I uh, tell decided, me about it. Decided, <laughs> decided I'd move up to, uh, to Brisbane and um, working for a company called Osmeet. And, um, yeah, no, it's going along pretty well. We, in good uh, we health. Uh, the ravages yeah, of yeah. Uh, AFL fl- football haven't uh, knocked you around too much, have they? Oh, I think, you know, like uh, everyone who's um, who's had a bit of a career there, that um, as you get older, you uh, your knees and so forth start playing up on you a little bit yeah. more. But, um, yeah, generally generally in pretty good health. And, uh, you know, it's it's a, yeah, it's a nice lifestyle up here. The, the climate's nice and... Um, and uh, we certainly enjoy it. But um, I just will mention a- around the footy club, Sam, just why there. Yeah, I mean, it, it is a club that um, yeah, my name is um, is uh, heavily associated with it in terms of my Stan- Stanfield name. So, you know, my father is, is a life member there or was a life, life member. He's now passed on. But, um, um, you know, the uh, the best and fairest, senior best and fairest uh, trophy there is in the Stanfield name. Is it? And uh, so, so, yeah. So Fantastic. It's a, um, it's a, uh, it holds a lot of uh, a lot of memories for us, and uh, certainly it's a uh, it's, you know, it's a place where we grew up. And, and well, I, well, I'm very glad we're speaking to the right person because I wasn't aware of those uh, two uh, uh, two uh, facts that you gave us in. But we are absolutely speaking to the right person to try and get the Fish Creek Football Club back on its feet, so to speak. And we really appreciate you, Barry Stanfield, for jumping on the line and speaking to us on. You cannot be serious. No worries at all, Sam. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank you so much. Good on you. See you then. Right. Well, so this is, uh, I'm surprising myself. I've been able to dial up someone to speak to them. We've, we've taken a call from uh, Dr. Ben. And I've managed actually, to cut him off. I, I did. 
Well done. How would you be? I, I, I went to look at something on that phone and thought, why is it someone ringing me? And, and it was just him. flicked it off. I did. I flicked it <laughs> off. How, how lucky was it that uh, he didn't... You've done well. ...get the brace and bits well. and say, well, they've cut me off, fuck them. Uh, well, the, the doc wouldn't say that because he, he doesn't cuss. No. Oh, no, no. no, he doesn't cuss. So, well, this is so we're now just waiting for the... Uh, Barry Michael to come in. Um, Barry Boy Michael, you might remember. What was Barry famous for? Boxing. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> true. But what particular bout was he famous for? Uh, no, you would, I'm not putting you on the spot because I... Heavyweight? Was it, no, he no, wasn't he at wasn't middleweight. A, no, he wasn't. Lightweight. No, <laughs> just go through all the weights. Featherweight. Uh, bantamweight. Bantamweight. <laughs> strawweight. Uh, yeah. No, he fought Lester Ellis in 19... 19- 85, I believe. I believe in 19... <laughs> that's someone ringing me. Uh, that's that's <laughs> no one to do with this. He, he, he fought Lester Ellis in 1985, I believe, in one of the, the most memorable boxing match, probably boxing match, probably ever in the history of Australian boxing. Uh, Jeff Fennick has had a couple of notables and Costa Zoo and all that, but they say that that is legendary. Uh, Lester Ellis and Barry Michael going at it for 10, 12, 15 rounds, however long the contest was. And he was uh, a world champion too, wasn't he? Lester Ellis. Uh, Barry Michaels, was he? Oh, Barry, Barry, Barry Michael, he was. There are more, and he was from the western suburbs. He Did was. Did you know... There are more world champions from the western suburbs than there are from the eastern suburbs. There you go. Well done. You've been a, a font, a fountain of information. You tell me that the diameter of the earth is 13,000 miles. I said it was 18,000. And if you live in Footscray, the title of your land goes down 6,000 miles into the middle of the earth. I wouldn't go down there. It's probably pretty hot and... Uh, pretty dark. M- magma-like. Plasma. P- uh, plasma? That's blood. <laughs> that's blood. <laughs> uh, plagma. Oh, and that's it. I've had enough now. All right, we're, we're coming back with Barry Michael. I'm around the streets late at night. I'm worried because you... 